0: I was like, what are you talking about? Like, why are you so shocked by this? I, grew, I mean, right. my dad's alive. He's still alive, but he didn't grow up in the house with me. And I was like, that's a, that's a huge thing. Like, we need part a big part of our ministry is modeling, right? Mm. So we need to model biblical manhood. We need to model biblical womanhood. And we mm-hmm. need to model mm-hmm. us together, like how we interact with yeah. one another. Because how many of these kids are coming from a house where there's only one of the half of the right. equation?
1: Yeah. And I think we just need to model biblical friendship between mm. men and women. That's something that's been really lost in in our culture, I think does a disservice to our youth when we don't model biblical mm. friendship between men and women in the church.
2: Mm. Yeah. Um, honestly, I'm very blessed in that the the guys that I've worked with have been very much supportive and on my team and even sometimes like when I ha- it has happened where someone will go to them over me they're like oh actually like that's Amy jobs you talk to her and they always like check in on check in with me so I've been very very blessed to have largely positive experiences of my coworkers, workers um, and even like my bosses too like just advocate for me
3: You are listening to the PCA Next Gen Podcast. We are broken. We are messy. We are student ministry leaders. We've experienced the battles of ministry. and We've wondered, where is God in those battles? So we created this podcast to connect with you. And our hope is that as you listen, you'll see God at work in our broken ministry stories. Through Jesus, we are deeply loved by the Father. and We think that anyone can get in on this. So subscribe and connect with us at www.pcacd. Thank you for listening. All right. Welcome to the PCA Next Gen Podcast. Uh, my name is Mikey. I'm the youth director at Silver River Church in Lacanto, Florida. I'm with some awesome people. Uh, we have a guest, uh, Emmy Thompson, all the way in Lookout Mountain chattanooga or georgia Any? it's
2: actually on the tennessee side
3: okay so tennessee side yeah tennessee side uh lookout mountain prez uh she is the co-director of middle school ministries and uh and then we also have the meredith dixon at Atlanta west side she's our she's the youth coordinator and then the goats the greatest <laughs> not actually a goat <laughs> but the greatest of all time uh Matt Hedinger, uh, the youth pastor at Old Cutler, is it Prez? Is there a Prez at the end of this?
0: Yeah, Old Cutler Presbyterian. Yeah. Old
3: Cutler Presbyterian. You guys haven't you haven't subtracted that yet, huh? No. no. Well,
0: listen, listen. It's the names in the. It's all in the name. It's old. Old.
3: <laughs> Got it. Old Cutler. So <laughs> I'm actually so glad. You know, Emmy, thank you for joining us and being part of this. Uh, you are not only the co director of middle school ministries, but you're also, aren't you the youth ministry professor at Covenant College?
2: Yes, I am actually, as of this semester.
3: That's amazing. I love it. So uh, we Emmy just-
0: is who I want to be when I grow up. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. When I grow up, I want to be Emmy.
2: As in you want my job. <laughs> yeah. So- yeah.
3: start off uh you know both of you are in student ministry full time uh giving your lives mm-hmm. away for the kingdom why do you guys mm-hmm. do student ministry and, and let's start off with emmy
2: Yeah well thanks for having me um and for having this topic be featured early on the podcast it's awesome Um so why do I do student ministry large question um few reasons the first being it's just a part of my story uh, the lord used youth ministry in my life in huge ways. I didn't experience an intentional youth ministry until about my junior year of high school, um, where there was an environment where intentional discipleship was happening. I was pursued and attuned to by adults, I mean, and my peers as well, um, just because it was modeled for them. Um, And so that's when I really started to realize that, oh, I need to take my faith seriously now. It's not something that adults do. So youth ministry is a huge part of my story. and I mean, after I was attending the youth ministry for a year, I started volunteering with the middle school ministry. Haven't stopped since. Um, I love it. Um, and related to that, I mean, I just love, love, love working with adolescents. Um, I've always loved like coming of age stories, shows, movies. Um, Freaks and Geeks is my favorite. Love Stranger Things, Super 8. <laughs> um, it's just a beautiful, vulnerable time of life. Um, and it's crucial in development and how we view God, the world, those around us, and um, I mean, they're just life-giving to me and their impulsivity and their just reactions to how things happen to them. The drama of it all, it's not, I mean, I would argue it's not actually them being dramatic. Um, They're just being honest, right? They're not calloused yet. Um, There's actually this, I'm going to pull out a quote, sorry, not sorry, but I use this when I talk about my class, but there's this Herman Boving, he's a Dutch theologian and he in his reform dogmatics, um, he actually talks about in his chapter in the order of salvation, like religious experience. And he talks about come, like puberty and teenagers um, and how they start to realize and wrestle with um, just the brokenness of the world. And he writes, puberty is when they t- people begin to realize that besides having to lead a life of their own, they are also destined to live alone with and for others. Um, mm-hmm. And so it's just this beautiful, vulnerable time of life where they're starting to um, realize that they're alone in um, the brokenness of the world. And what to do with that is, you know, that's when they start figuring it out. So I love working with teenagers. And then thirdly, I just am passionate about God's word and how we think and how we talk about God. So um, I always want to be in a career setting where I have the privilege to spend time thinking about God and talking about God and his creation with others, um, which is the heart of youth ministry, right? Um, in humble ways. So. Sorry, I feel like there's a long answer, but I love doing what I do. Meredith, what about you?
1: Honestly, everything that you said, Emmy, I really resonated with um, just having a love for scripture and mm-hmm. and being able to walk alongside students in this specific season. I think middle and high schoolers especially are just in a stage of life where they're trying to figure out who they are. And they want to feel like they belong and they want to feel loved and they want to know what their purpose is. And it's a really special time. Um, It really, I think, is is a big uh, pivot point for a lot of students and kind of it shows a bit the trajectory of what adulthood is going to be like for, for them um, to based on, you know, what middle and high school looks like. And so mm-hmm. I think getting them in that time where they are so vulnerable and they are asking those questions and they're trying to figure it out um, is just really special to be able to be let into that. So mm-hmm. I'm in student ministry because, I mean, I enjoy, I really enjoy being able to, know students and just to see them and and walk alongside them and um, be with them through everything that's happening in their lives. And um, I also just think it's so much fun. Um, It keeps me on my toes. It keeps me laughing for sure. Um, And just being able to watch students really grasp The gospel for the first time and um, being able to sit and open scripture with them and hear their thoughts. There have been so many times that a middle or high schooler has pointed out something to me that I never thought of when I read the passage. And just being able to hear their unique perspective, I think, um, has really solidified in my mind, you know, we need we need youth in the church just as much as we need adults. They're just as important. They're just as important to the body. Um, so those are some of my reasons. It's it's amazing to be able to see students um, kind of have that light bulb moment where the Lord really intervenes in their lives and they're able to, to see Scripture um, in a fresh way for the first time. And it's also just fun to be able to watch them grow up um, and, and mm-hmm. see what um, – yeah, just see what the Lord does in their lives. So I feel like that was also a long answer, but again, i I could also talk about this all day. <laughs> so
3: well, I love hearing you guys' heart for student ministry and hearing you know how God's called you. It's clear that both of you have been called by God uh, for this mm-hmm. work. so I um, am excited that uh, you guys are out there in Atlanta and Chattanooga doing this. so there's people listening right now who may be on the fence uh, and and maybe, um, you know, they're, they're a woman and, you know, thinking about doing student ministry. And I'm curious. um, I know Matt, you're dying to answer this question, but I'm going to, I'm going (laughs) to, I'm going to, I'm going to give it to Emmy and see, see, uh, (laughs) and see what she thinks. Why, why should women uh, do student ministry? If someone's, you know, listening Mm -hmm. right now or or maybe even someone who's in it um, who's, Mm -hmm. you know, doing student ministry, and as a female and just struggling, um, you know, what's the why? Why why should women uh, be doing this? Mm.
2: Oh, such a good question. Um, I mean, in one sense, answer is not going to be that much different for what I mentioned in ministry um, in that we're all called by the Lord um, to partake in the great commission of Jesus. And I mean, Paul writes in, I think it's 1 Timothy 5, about um, when he's giving instructions to the church, um, he talks about, Older men um, mentoring younger men and older women discipling younger women. Um, it's the work that we're called to, um, and we all have different giftings. And as a part of the body of Christ, um, we're called to steward those gifts. Um, and ministry is a part of that, and student ministry specifically. Um, so, I mean, I mean, well, I'm sure Meredith will have more to add, but I think women, especially, um, need to be in ministry because. I mean, young boys and girls need to see um, and experience women pouring into them and preaching the gospel to them um, and embodying it in a way that, um, yeah, in the way that you do in student ministry. So, um, and I think men and women need one another and um, embarking on that in that work. Um, so, yeah, Meredith, please add.
1: Yeah, yeah. I just wanted to share, I mean, along with what you're saying, I think men and women obviously are both equally image bearers and equally Mm. show God's character in different ways. And so I think both are really needed. Um, I mentioned this in our last podcast briefly, but I think, you know, when just, when there's only a woman in student ministry that does the males in the ministry a disservice, and then when there's only a man, it does the females in the ministry a disservice um, because both are really needed. Um, And I would even say it doesn't I think it does a disservice for both, for men, for girls and guys. Because I think, yeah, yeah, they also need to see a healthy way that a Mm -hmm. man and a woman can relate to one another um, in ministry and being Mm co-laborers. And they uh, need to see that men and women both play equal roles in showing God's character Mm. and who he is.
0: Yeah. Hey guys, I'm really thankful that you guys are with us today. And, um, but we're asking this question for a very specific reason. And that is because we're a part of a tradition. We're part of a denomination that has certain theological commitments. Mm -hmm. And one of those theological commitments is that only men should be ordained pastors, teaching elders, right? That's Mm -hmm. the actual classification. And I'm all for that, but Mm. there is that sometimes can hinder women coming into other roles in the church, uh, and this Mm. is the thing that we're the most afraid of in the world is the slippery slope, right? How do we (laughs) not (laughs) uh, compromise our theological commitments to that particular thing, but also how do we have a better picture of the body, right? Mm. And so why does youth ministry exist? Why does a formal youth ministry exist at all? And that's because we have lost as a society Mm. the capacity to be in community, and for men and women to kind of play those roles with children of their communities in an informal capacity. Right. And, and in, in many ways it's not safe to do that informally. Yep. Right. So what do we do? We create youth ministries, create an environment where we can vet adults to be in relationship with students uh, in a community setting that are going to point them to Christ and point them to their families. If we only have men doing that, we're missing the point. Right. So, I I love what you guys said because the reality is youth ministry is a formalization of something that used to happen naturally that doesn't happen in our communities. We're Mm -hmm. we're farther and farther away from knowing how to be in community together. We've got these little boxes that keep us away from each other. Um, I mean, there's a pastor I worked for who came out of his office one time and he had, I don't know if it was Christianity Today or World or whatever, but he had some magazine and he showed the cover and it was like, uh, some statistics, some crazy high number, maybe it was 50, maybe it was 75% of men grow up without a father.
1: Mm.
0: And he's like, can you believe this number? And I looked at it and was like, uh, that's me.
1: Mm.
0: I was like, what are you talking about? Like, why are you so shocked by this? I, grew, I mean, right. my dad's alive. He's still alive, but he didn't grow up in the house with me. And I was like, that's a, that's a huge thing. Like we need, part a big part of our ministry is modeling, right? Mm. So we need to model biblical manhood we need to model biblical womanhood and we Mm -hmm. need to model Mm -hmm. us together like how we interact with one another because how many of these kids are coming from a house where there's only one of the half of the equation Mm -hmm. right so they don't know Mm -hmm. how to treat the other person well we need we need to demonstrate that yeah yeah Meredith.
1: yeah and i think we just need to model biblical friendship between mm. men and women, that's something that's been really lost in in our culture. I think just mm. the sexualization of our culture, honestly, it's either, um, you know, you if your friends so often the the uh, the way that it's portrayed is if you're a guy in high school is friends with a girl, they should be dating or um, this or that, and I think it does a disservice to our youth when we don't model biblical mm. friendship between men and women. In the church mm. i mm. see it
3: for sure Of uh, you know female male relationships obviously you know it's a it's good to have boundaries but just also like mm. those boundaries you know the boundaries don't have to be zero you know n- not an inch <laughs> not, you know like no we interact all the time and we work together all the time mm. on staffs and at churches and you know you know male and female together doing the work of the lord you know and and mm. i think i think we can be friends you know what i mean so <laughs> And it's great. Um, And I think it's good and and it pleases the Lord. Uh, So uh, this next question is for you. Um, What are the challenges, uh, some of the challenges that you have personally experienced, Meredith? And, And I would also love to hear from you too, Emmy. But let's start with Meredith.
1: Yeah. Um... You know, it's so funny, but the first challenge that came to mind, uh, and this is kind of a silly one, but I think uh, just the difference. So, working on staff, um, being, <laughs> I love that y'all are already laughing. Um, but, but working with guys that spend time and disciple other. Guys, um, just the differences in the way our time is spent. I think sometimes it feels like being a woman in ministry is a lot more emotionally draining. Uh, I mean, a one-on-one with a girl is like, there's a lot of times going to be tears involved. There's going to be a deep heart-to-heart conversations. And um, doing that throughout the week is a lot different. And I'm, and I'm not saying that does not happen between got, between men and boys i know it does but it just in a silly way when i read that question i was like sometimes i feel a lot more emotionally drained um and maybe men feel that way too i don't know but just the differences in the way that even discipleship happens it's just different and i think it can take an emotional toll sometimes um as a woman i think um, So that's just something that I initially thought of. I think another challenge, so currently in my role, I do have a boss that is the um, a family pastor over youth and children, but I don't have a direct counterpart, mm-hmm. that, uh, any uh, male or female, with me in youth ministry. I have a great volunteer team, thankfully, but um, I've definitely felt sad at times for our guys just because I am able to disciple the girls and meet with them regularly. Um, and that is something that I think is lacking currently right now in our ministry. And that's been a challenge for me to know, you know, how do I still interact with these guys and still pour into them and still, um, get to know them and, and not, you know, obviously still talk to them and still hear about their weeks. And, um, see how best I can disciple them with good boundaries still in place. And I think it would be – my situation might be a bit unique um, just because of the current position I'm in, but it has been a challenge not having another guy on staff that um, I know that would help a lot. Um, and, and then I think, too, just in over my the time I've had in ministry um, – there have been challenges come up. I think even just knowing how to navigate some some conversations with with student with guy students in my ministry, um, I ran into some some conversations in previous years where it seemed that students, um, some male students, would kind of gravitate towards me for like nurture and care instead of going to. Um, my boss, that was a male, and I think in some ways there's that's really good and healthy, and we need both, as we just said. But um, there also is navigating, like being wise with that too, and just having healthy boundaries. <laughs> um, and and it's tricky. So, uh, and it's not something I feel like I have a very clear black and white answer for, honestly. But I think it's case by case. So, those are just mm. some things I've I've dealt with, and, and mean I'm sure you have plenty of your own as
2: well. Yeah. I mean, one challenge that I would add that, I mean, if you're a female youth leader in any capacity in the PCA, you probably come up against in different capacities. Um, mind you, I don't I don't want to sound disrespectful or ungrateful because uh, I've worked at amazing churches with gifted leaders whom my respect. And I remember the PCA and submit and respect uh, the structure of the PCA, as Matt has already talked about, or what we believe scripture says about um male um headship and all that. That being said, I still feel like my work can be treated as second tier simply because I am a woman and cannot be a pastor, which I have zero desire to be a pastor. Um, but by nature of you're not a pastor, like, you know, it's you kind of feel like the a lower tier in terms of consultation and capabilities and mm-hmm. what you have to contribute. Um so I've come up against that a few times where um, simply because my coworker is male and here in the PCA, we're used to like, they're the ones who are in charge type thing. They defer to him, even though it's like, actually, I'm the one in charge of that. Um, and mm-hmm. I haven't experienced it that often, but enough. And I have other, um, friends in ministry have experienced similar things where they don't get invited to a meeting. Um, and you know, so just little things like that, where there's a little bit of, uh, bias and exclusion, um. it feels like simply because of being a woman. Um, That being said, I've had, again, I've worked with amazing churches and they do a really great job, but that is, that is something I do come up up against. Um, Yeah. um, Honestly, I'm very blessed in that the, the guys that I've worked with have been very much supportive and on my team. And even sometimes like when i ha- it has happened where someone will go to them over me they're like oh actually like that's amy job, you talk to her and they always like check in on check in with me so i've been very very blessed to have largely positive experiences of my coworkers um and even like my bosses too like just advocate yeah, yeah
3: for the what does it look like for them to what does it look like for them to advocate for you and to support you um i'm just curious just for myself <laughs> yeah, i'm sure some yeah. other people listening though as well are curious because i'm like what what are the steps That are like man that was that one thing you did that one thing yeah. you said that you know what, what are the things that you experience
2: yeah uh, that's a good question um i think first of all um both of the guys i worked with as co-workers ask a lot of questions um mm-hmm when we experience something they're like, Hey, like, how did you experience that? That felt like it could have been offensive. Um, so asking questions um, and even asking for themselves, like, Hey, is this overstepping? Like, I don't want to make you feel less than or whatever. Um, so asking questions I think is key. Um, and then also something, I mean, this is something that we just established as a team that we've done is making sure that we're going out of our way to name and encourage our giftings, because um, sometimes, because I've expressed to them, like sometimes I feel like I'm only included by the fact that I am a female, and that's it. Like the fact that I have other, like non-gendered gifts to contribute. By that I mean, like you know, the gift of teaching and hospitality, encouragement that scriptureless um, that both men and women can have. Um, so we, yeah. So having what they, my coworkers have done a really good job of doing is like Emmy, like you are a gifted teacher and the way that you handled that situation was very wise. So just very encouraging and slowing down to be like, no, you are needed here and you have a place here. You're not here only as like a female placeholder. Um, And on the other side of things, like being okay with constructive criticism. So, I mean, in one sense, like not treating me and that much differently than they would a male coworker. It's like, okay, let's sit down and talk about like what we can work on and what we're doing well um, and recognizing each other's giftings and naming them. Um, yeah, I think I think I would say those two things. So just asking questions, honest feedback and um, really slowing down. And it, it takes open and honest and sometimes hard communication to talk about, you know, things that are vulnerable or uncomfortable sometimes in terms of how we receive or perceive interactions, if that makes sense. Um, Meredith, you have something to add?
1: Yeah, I I completely agree. I think that communication is key in all of this, and on both ends too. You know, I think being able to humbly come into a conversation with a male coworker, or boss, and and say, like, how are you received How are you? Um, how how am I coming across in this situation too? Um. Yeah. You know, I don't think just because I'm a girl, I get a free pass to be like, Mm, I'm a girl. And so I deserve to be heard. I think it, it really works both ways. And I think if we're showing humility, we'll want to hear, okay, how are you experiencing me in this? And how am I experiencing you? And let's talk this out. And I've seen that work out beautifully when both parties are coming in humbly and I've also mm. not done it well. And I've come in with yeah. pride and seen it the, the other way. But when both parties are really humble, um, it's really beautiful how the Lord can use men and women's strengths and weaknesses together mm. um, to create, you know, a beautiful picture of himself for our students. And so I think humility and communication is key.
2: Mm. Amen. I
3: thought, um, Amy, I thought it is interesting that you brought up this, uh, this kind of like, sometimes we can knee jerk towards. Th- there's this other side of like, oh, we need women in ministry. Let's just get them in here just because they're women, and maybe they're right. an awful at ministry. Yeah, um, oh, no, or something uh-huh. like that. And they don't have the gifts, or or there's the we got these people in ministry, and it's only bec- they only have a seat at the table because of their gender, and not because mm-hmm. of actually you know the gifts Ugh. and talents as an image bearing. You know, yep. person of God. I think that's a great point of making sure you're not just hiring this person. Yes, just for the way it looks on the church website. Yes, but to hire <laughs> because <laughs> because this person is called to student ministry. You know, and has yes. the gifts and um and can minister to to women and disciple them. And I think mm. that's. That's that I think, and then affirming those, you know, and yeah. and everything. Because I do think when you start having these conversations, it can feel like, am I only on this podca- podcast because I'm a woman? <laughs> no, yeah. actually, Meredith, you're an incredible writer. You know what I mean, like and mm-hmm. a communicator. You know, um, Emmy, you're a great teacher. You're a professor at a college. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. me and Matt, what are we?
0: <laughs> <The> ex- <laughs> ah, you're, you're you're creating all kinds of insecurity in me right now. <laughs>
3: Oh, we, we have so much, yeah. You guys have so much talent and, and should be on this, um, as well. Mm-hmm. But man, I was curious if you have any thoughts. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, um, so my background is I was raised by a single mom who went and got her master's while raising three kids. Wow. <laughs> and so I didn't grow up in an Ozzy and Harriet context, you know, and so, um, that affects my marriage that affects how I try to do ministry. But I think one of the things that um, continually overwhelms me is what I don't know. You don't know what you don't know. You know what I mean? And so I have to ask my assistant director, who's a, a young woman, like, okay, what am I missing? What do I not see? What do I not understand? You know, even just on a, on a guy girl level in the world, like there's things I don't worry about that women worry about. Mm. right i'll go places without thinking certain like that. i'm worried right. something's gonna happen to me yeah. i don't think like that um so that's one of the things i'm just listening as a, as a male youth director who's had female assistant directors and if i didn't have female assistant directors i always had a woman that was prominent mm. in what we were doing so for yeah. a lo- the first half of my ministry, it was my wife. My wife was heavily involved, and we did create kind of like a, f- a family environment. It was like I was a dad. She was the mom to the kids, and then we had kids, and that kind of changed. Um, but I've always had like some sort of volunteer, at least, that was the go-to female leader, you know? Um, but, yeah, no, I think I really appreciate what Emmy said about uh, giftedness and recognizing mm. giftedness not just mm. counter biology right yeah. uh, because I just just at presbytery and there was a debate about bringing somebody in under the extraordinary clause ordaining someone in a non-traditional fashion mm. and one of the aspects of that is their giftedness and this guy mm. was completely gifted mm. and you know what I learned in college was that our giftedness it's kind of like a car right? no car has all the features that would be insane like a car that had every possible feature would be non functioning right so you as a as a gifted a person gifted by god to and those gifts are given to you for the body right, right. they're not given yeah. to me they're given to me for the body mm. what are my gifts and and how do i counter that not just counter biology but counter my gifts mm. right who has the gifts that i don't have right uh, and I think that that's a tremendous aspect of this that we need to think about. There is, it is yep. good to have a female perspective and a male perspective, but there's also yeah. like, what are the gifts that I don't have? And, and let's right. encourage each other in those things. And that's awesome.
3: Yep. Yeah. So the, um, the next uh, question that I'm curious to asking, uh, is do you have any advice for those who are listening right now who are in student administration? Right A woman's student ministry, like Mary did. What what would you recommend to them? You're speaking to them right now. How would you encourage them? What are some things that you would? And maybe they're maybe you know, there are they are having a hard time. You know, it is it is a struggle, um, you know, for them and their current situation. What 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 would you offer? Or what, what would you want to say to them and offer them?
1: Yeah, honestly, I would say one of the things that has gotten me through the most is having other women in ministry that i can connect with that is huge um whether that is someone else in youth ministry like another woman that's in youth ministry or in college ministry or women's ministry i think or a pastor's wife i mean i honestly think any woman that understands the scope of being in full-time ministry it's just so comforting and really encouraging to have someone that you can touch base with and check in on and pray with each other and um and I think it it doesn't even have to be about youth ministry but I just think having mm. another woman and especially I'd say if you're single um for single women I I live with um with three or I live with two other girls that are in college ministry and it's really encouraging to be able to share okay even though we're doing a little bit of different jobs really the the core of what we're doing is the same and we're able to relate and we're able to come home tired from a retreat and you know and understand each other and I just think Mm. having friends co-laborers other women that understand where you are and can encourage you when you're tired and can um, tell you to keep going when you don't feel like it is really, really valuable. So Mm -hmm. I think I would say have at least one person and have a regular, I mean, make that a time regularly. I would say that you build into your schedule Mm -hmm. in ministry once a week or or twice a month or whatever, that you're getting coffee and you're talking. That is going to help a ton. Um, Amy, yeah, did you have something to add?
2: Yeah, just reaffirm everything you've said. I think having mutual um, encouragement and accountability and prayer is, you have to have it, like no matter who you are in ministry, um, to have other women. But also I have found having male mentors and Mm -hmm. prayer people as well has been huge for me. I mean, in light of the challenge that I even already talked about in terms of doubting um my place there or my value there having and one of those is my boss which you know is a blessing where I can genuinely express how I'm experiencing things and my struggles and be, and for him to speak words of life and truth um over me is is massive um, for my ministry for being a female ministry specifically so I think having um female and male um just accountability prayer partners you know having people pour into you and kind of, speak truth into you for when you forget it and lose sight of it, um, of where the Lord is calling you and your place in ministry. So
1: mm-hmm.
2: that's what I would add.
1: Yeah. And I would say along with that, I think that's so good, Emmy. I think having leadership on your side too yeah. is really helpful. Like just having whether it's, you know, whatever the um, that looks like at your church, whether it's the senior pastor right. or an elder or two or um, – even just some dads of families in the in the youth ministry, I think, but I think especially having leadership on your side um, that can sometimes help you share your voice in certain in mm, um, you know certain yeah. conversations that you might not get to is really helpful, really encouraging too.
2: Ugh. Yeah, that's so important. Remembering that they're on your side, they're your advocates. Mm-hmm. So it's really easy to kind of like, I think student ministry in general, we have this complex where we think that like the church looks down at us and we're separate and it's like, no, we're they hired us. Like we're here. They want us to do well and succeed. Therefore expressing, mm-hmm. you know, our needs and our, um, you know, where we're at with them so they can come alongside and help us. Um, I think, yeah, we always need that reminder <laughs>
3: well, as women
2: and uh, as student ministry people.
3: <laughs> we Our ministry is to some of the most Insecure human beings on the planet. <laughs>
2: yeah.
3: And, and honestly, they're really good at making us feel insecure as well. Yeah, and yeah and so Call we're just them. like, yeah, we're all just Yeah, Matt, what do you think? You know just <laughs> we're
0: talking about like people not like students not listening to you. I'm like, nobody listens to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know I mean? Like I'm middle sorry. schoolers terrible. Middle schoolers are savage. I was in a yeah, I was basically. in a small discipleship group and, and this kid's on the spectrum. It was it's obvious, but he just goes you're like an egg, <laughs> like out of nowhere. It's just like you're like an egg. He's like, oh where'd you get God. those shoes? Like, uh, Goodwill. Did you get those shoes at Goodwill? <laughs> it just, just tearing me apart. Yeah. But I do. I do, go ahead.
1: Oh, I was gonna say. I'm sure we've all gotten the question whether you're male or female of a student. Like, what's your real job? So, what do yeah.
2: you?
0: <Yeah>. You know, you I think learn. one of the things that's, that's yeah. helpful to me is I'm not ordained.
2: Mm.
0: And so there is like this, I, the the ordained, unordained. Yeah. I, I, I'm I'm making physical, I'm making hand gestures on an audio yeah. podcast. That shows you how <laughs> smart I am. But there's, there's <laughs> the, the higher level is ordained. The lower right. level is unordained. And then to me, it feels like there's another level that's lower and that's unordained woman.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Like you're not going to be ordained and you're not a man. And so how do we close, you know, one of the, my passions for being on this team for the denomination is to elevate ministry leaders that are not ordained. Yep. Period. Right. Right. But there is, there is that kind of like hierarchical thing that's built in inherently and, and and also in an insecurity level. And I think that's a huge thing is like, how do we let people know? Like just letting people know you have their back Mm. is a huge thing. And that's, that's something that's really important to me, and that's something that I want to do for other people.
2: Mm.
0: Um, but you like, you know, the best, right, Matt? Yeah, <laughs> dude, give me a name and an address, and they'll be in a swamp. No one will ever know what happened.
3: <laughs> All right, I know I have some kids, I can address this send.
0: We, um, we were joking the other church on this retreat that I just came off of, the, uh, the youth director is Matt. As well. And so we were joking, like maybe we should just switch for a week. Like you I'll go to your church, you go to my <laughs> church. We'll see see how much our kids appreciate us when we're when somebody else is running the show.
3: Mm. Um Emmy, I wanna ask you how can uh and the, I think these are I put these as two separate questions, but when I look at it, I'm like, I mean, just, once again the same question. Yeah. But how can men in student ministry do a better job working with women in student ministry? What what's your advice to men in student ministry? And then Mary, if you have something to add to that too, that would be awesome as well.
2: Yeah. Um, I mean, just to reiterate what I, how I answered your question earlier, Mikey, about how I've experienced my male coworkers and how they've made my job easier in a safe space is because they've asked me questions um, and they've done so in humility and they've encouraged me very specifically. Um, so I would say that, and this is going to sound... Cliche, but I mean, truly search the scriptures and submit to the Lordship of Jesus in terms of what he says about men and women um, and our call to carry out the creation mandate and the Great Commission. Um, and just remind yourself of that. Like, I think men and women need to do that together um, mm-hmm. and being careful of how you view yourself and the person in front of you. Um, so, just constant, you know, searching scriptures and, you know, confession and repentance to one another. Um, is huge. And another thing for men, I think specifically, is don't ignore your female students. Um, you have no idea how formative it is for that young woman's view of men if you come alongside her. And Meredith kind of talked about this earlier, but in um, showing her a healthy relationship between um, male and female, especially one in an authority and non-authority, to ask her questions, to treat her and others with respect, um, you're, you're affecting those young women's view of men and raising her standards on what is and what is an acceptable treatment. Um, so I think, yeah, come alongside your female students as just as much, not just as much, but don't ignore them. Cause I've, I've been in ministry where the guys, you know, just kind of ignore, there was like, oh, I'm just here to minister to the guys. And I'm like, whether you like it or not, like you are witnessing to your female students as well, even if, you, and you not talking to them is like, that affects them as well. Um, and their view of male female relationships. Um, so I think, I think that's what I would say. Um, Meredith, do you have more to add?
1: Well, I just love what you said in me about submitting ourselves to what scripture says. I mean, I think remembering Mm -hmm. that God is for our good and his design is for our good and his design is for our our flourishing. And it's, Mm -hmm. it's easy to forget that. But when we really embrace the truths of scripture and know that the way that God designed male and female, is not because he's withholding good from us. It's because he's giving it to us and he he knows what is best for us. And I think if we, as, as youth directors live into that and model that for our students, um, it's far more powerful than I think we even are aware of, especially in our culture today. So, I mean, that's really all that I would add. And just go back to what I said previously, that Humility and communication Mm -hmm. and conversation. Um, I mean, I I'm from past experiences and just being in ministry very young, um, and and thinking I was a lot more mature than I was. Um had experiences where I, because I think in a way to assert wanting to prove my myself as a woman in ministry really stepped on the toes of of my male boss. And mm-hmm. we had to have conversations of that where I had to be more secure and trusting him. No, he's for me and, mm-hmm. and he wants me to flourish and, and I don't have to prove myself. And when we really lived into that together, it was this, we got to this point that we had this beautiful relationship where I mm-hmm. was able to sit back more and then he was able to call me you know, and say, Hey, Meredith, what's your thought on this? Or why don't you lead this? Mm. And, um, and yeah, I just think the more that we actually believe that God is for us and these things, yeah. um, you know, things will work out more than we think they will.
2: Mm.
3: Um, I think that's really good. I I'm actually convicted a little bit. I, I, especially with the comment on, um, on ministering to your your ladies um and your ministry you know in some ways I'm like scared you know and I'm right. like, oh I'm not going to I'm not gonna take this step I'm not gonna like I'm almost gonna avoid them because I don't want to be put in a category or seen as right anything to like a parent or to, it's almost this fear yeah, yeah. that is I, I do think it's unhealthy and I do think it comes from you know probably sin and yeah. Um, and, and, you know, uh, and all of that and just feeling like, oh yeah, I do need to, you know, even like just to give them a hug, um, just yeah. to show them that like, Hey, I see you, you're here, you're mm. present. And just ask, how are you doing? Like, you know, yeah. what's going on with school? You know, like, you know, how's mm. it going with, um, you know, your parents, you know, uh, yeah. you know, cause you know, you have relationships with their parents, you have relationships with their siblings, like you, you know, these mm. things. And so just, pushing into that and not being afraid I, I'm definitely and then the other the other thing that I'm, I think you know as a, a male student ministry I think I have at times failed to be quick enough to stop like the joking or the yeah. you know like the the high school guy bullcrap they do yeah like with you know everybody while everyone's in the room both male and female I'm like what are you like yeah too slow I've been too slow to stop it yeah, um, I've been too quick to chuckle and then stop it. You know what I mean? Or, yeah. like, um, so those are things I like, am like, man, I got it. You know, these are things where I've, I've, I've hurt my staff and volunteers because just too mm. slow. Um, I do, we do stop it, but it's just too, um, you know, it's too, uh, in some ways passive, um, yeah. which is the great, you know, fall of man in so many ways. Um, yeah. so Thanks um, for saying um, that. those yeah. are things that I've done and, even um, thinking, you know, like one time I, I was working with a um, lady in student ministry, and she was just so good at getting things done. Uh, she could, and I'm not, I'm not good at getting anything done. I'm good at coming up with ideas, you know. Or and then, like, <laughs> uh, but I was, I became insecure because she was so good at it, you know, mm-hmm. and it affected, um, you know, my my relationship with her. And I love what you were saying, Meredith. Um, I was so grateful that she talked to me, um, and kind of called me out, you know, and not realizing her gifts, you know, and, and realizing what she's oh, good yeah. at. And, um, it was coming from my insecurity. So just like even giving her, giving me the opportunity to say, sorry, you know, and, um, mm. instead of just, you know, um, and then for me to, you know, change and to make it right. Mm. Um, so I was super grateful for that. I've always been, um, Encouraged by that, and I'm actually super encouraged, um, especially from both of you. That it seems like you guys have had really good, healthy experiences as women in, in ministry in the PCA, and I, I think that's something completely worth celebrating. Yeah. Um, and uh, I'm I'm actually I was I'm really excited and encouraged that that's happening. Uh, and I, you know, I hope to be like the guys that are leading you guys and part of your guys' ministry um, to support mm-hmm. and come alongside um the the ladies and, and the women in our ministry so mm.
2: thank you guys thank you thank so, you
3: uh, yeah meredith and me. thanks for sharing your hearts and uh and it's an encouragement thanks for being on our team and uh we love you guys so thanks. yeah thanks for having thank
1: you. us you. super fun
3: listening to the PCA Next Gen Podcast. This podcast is brought to you by the Committee of Discipleship Ministries, which is a committee of the Presbyterian Church in America. If you're feeling lonely in student ministry, we would love to connect with you. So connect with us at www.pcacdm.org.